What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Yeah, healthy alive. Uh, doing well. Enjoyed a uh, a red sun yesterday. Turns out red um, sun. I don't know that. Is you, this? Yeah, I don't know that you really call it enjoying or. Yeah, it's. Uh, it was so smoky yesterday. We did have a little bit of cloud cover. You can see the clouds through the smoke, but yeah, we we had um, a, a pretty fair amount of smoke yesterday and it it didn't make it to the point you could look at the sun Mm -hmm. like without any sunglasses or anything and it not and not bother you Mm -hmm. i'm getting photos from people that i know up around seattle there's all the wildfires up there well just outside of seattle i'm getting photos which i shared some of those with you yesterday people in colorado Mm -hmm. your old stomping grounds of course gp they're dealing with or where he is just outside of la there that well in la uh they're dealing with uh, wildfires all the way down through there so it's uh it's quite crazy and i mean the babylon b they did a great article on it you saw it yeah i, I posted it up there yeah yeah it was great and yeah. babylon b they, they do some great work over there and they were showing all of the the stunning scenery of california at night in the midst of all these uh these wildfires they showed what was it, the golden gate bridge they showed uh, the Hollywood mm-hmm. sign mm-hmm. and that some, some other things they had. They did the L.A. skyline. They, they even did you see the one of the, the quiet suburban neighborhood in East L.A.? Did, did you see that one? <laughs> yeah, I it did. Was, yeah. It was fantastic. And uh-huh. uh, Fres- uh-huh. they had Fresno in there, Monterey, uh, Santa Monica, I think. Was there some? OK, yeah, Fisherman's Wharf. Look at Fisherman's Wharf. That's amazing. That's amazing. And just so everyone knows, all of these are blacked out. As in, there's nothing going on because they have blackouts. So it's just a, it's a, it's a parody. It's a black, it's How, a black picture. Yeah. However, well, except for two. one, except for two. Yes, the wildfires themselves, where they described mm-hmm. it as, um, we've been showing you a lot of California cities, but what about its natural beauty? Here's the San Bernardino National Forest ablaze in a mostly peaceful forest fire, <laughs> <laughs> and. Of course, the the other picture that was there that, of course, was a, an actual picture was uh, finally here's a picture of Governor Gavin Newsom's mansion at night. And it was all it's a nice mansion, to be fair. It's all lit up and it's all it's all, um, you know, nice and, and manicured and everything. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? It's nice to know that his living hasn't been hampered in any way. It's, it's nice to know that that he's OK. Right. And the, the citizens. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the citizens are the ones that um, uh, that are having to suffer. It's despicable. It's absolutely despicable. But anyway. Yeah, and we should also note the, the picture for the governor. All the lights are on. They've got some lights on the trees and some yard lights and whatnot, which, to be fair, the yard lights could actually be solar. So, you know, there is that. Highly doubt but, that. But... Um, yeah, just burning a whole bunch of electricity there uh, when when the rest of your residents uh, aren't, you know, having rolling blackouts. But yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But it's, as long as he's okay. Yeah, as long as he and his family are okay. Anyway, so moving right along, let's. Uh, you you want to talk about some drones this morning? You, you got something on drones? I do. Yeah, we we kind of talked about it before. We've had little incursions, if you will, over our nuclear power plants. Well, 
somebody went in and researched it a little bit and, you know, Freedom of Information Act, you know, we're, we're able to get more information from government, so on and so forth. Well, that was invoked and they gave more information on it. And 24 nuclear sites had 57 drone incursions between 2015 and 2019. And when you go into it and you look, these incursions were the majority of them um, in the vicinity of 85% were closed and unresolved. Uh, so the majority of them were closed and unresolved, where only a handful, uh, five of them, were closed and resolved. So they were able to identify where the drone came from, who was operating it, and so on and so forth. And three of the incidents are still currently open. Are these private drones? So these are drones that loitered for a long period of time in those areas. These are, I'm assuming they're private drones. I'm assuming they're, we, we honestly, we don't, we don't know we don't know anything about it. Uh, like all they're saying is, is it's a drone. The the paperwork that was released, they said this is when it happened. This is uh, which power plant they were at, and um, the 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 location of the power plant, and what it was that they seen, and it was you know whether the case is open or closed. They're not saying the number of uh, drones that were there because we know of instances where there was like five or six drones, and they all loitered around the uh, plant for close to an hour or so before uh, leaving. Uh, All of these are similar situations. They've had loitering drones in the area and um, we don't don't know. So we don't know who it is. The majority of the cases, we don't know if this is just, you know, random person that's interested and just, you know, checking it out. Or if it's somebody with more nefarious intentions uh, to uh, possibly attack one of the plants, or um, I don't know what else. Gain configurations and sell them off. That's, yeah, I, mean, I mean, maybe, maybe, yeah. So I, I honestly I don't, know. don't know what the intention I, is there. It's it's really dangerous. You you look at it. It is. What what if they were what if they were able to, for example, raid one of those facilities and get a hold of the nuclear material, or even, you know, just destroy one of the or damage one of the facilities where they have to shut it down. I mean, you have a possible nuclear waste um, leak or you just lose power, you know. So it, 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 there is mm-hmm. some great risks there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, uh, the the military does guard those things. And I mean, I've talked to people. I'm just going to say this. I've talked to people that have gone into those things for work purposes. And you have a specific path, shall we say, in order to walk or when you go into those facilities. And if you deviate from that, they have signs all over the place and they tell you in safety meetings, don't whatever you do, don't get off of this path, because if you do, there are no warnings. There are no warnings. They will shoot. And to be honest, like what were the altitudes of these things? I don't know that it says in the article that the information is not released. Unfortunately, the, okay. the incident reports that were given out, they don't say what altitude or anything. Um, the, the the catch with these, though, some of these drones could be miles away, uh, depending on what kind of technology they're using. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they could be just on the border of, of the uh, no go zone or they could be, you know, 20 miles away. Um, flying one of these drones. Mm. And to your point, they, they do. I, I, I know some people that um, even, well, it was an airfield specifically, and they had some tech. This was back when we didn't really know about the like the, the B2 and the F-117. You know, the, the populace didn't really know about it. So it was back in the 80s, I think. They had similar situations to where you couldn't cross a certain line 
And if you did, it was shoot on sight. And crazy, man. Definitely a security concern for sure. Anyway. OK, so um, we've got football coming back, right? It's starting to come back and the seasons are going to start. Yes, they're going to have all the games and everything. So the L.A. Rams are looking to kick off their new season in. Listen to this. Listen to the cost of this. The stadium that they built is five billion dollars, right? It cost them five billion dollars to build this thing. Five billion dollars. That's got to be one hell of a stadium for five billion dollars. You see the pictures of this place? I mean, it's yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Nice looking stadium. But they spent all this money and now they're not going to be able to have any fans in the thing when the uh, when the season starts. So the stadium's the it's the largest one. It's designed to hold up to 100,000 people. That's a lot of fans designed to hold 100,000 people. And honestly, with the NFL taking this SJW crap, I mean, even if it was not a pandemic, if you had all this nonsense going on, then I don't think you could get those seats full. A $5 billion state-of-the-art indoor-outdoor stadium. But when they take the field against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, they'll do it without any fans. So they built this thing in Inglewood, California. They call it the uh, SoFi Stadium. It's spread out over nearly 300 acres of land, or three times the size of Disneyland. Man, it's that big? Are you kidding me? One stadium is three times the size of Disneyland. I thought Disneyland was a lot bigger than that. Or maybe I'm thinking Disney World. The venue will host both the Rams and the Chargers. So they I guess they're putting them both in one one stadium, as well as various entertainment events such as uh, Taylor Swift show that was scheduled for July 25th. It was canceled due to COVID-19. Uh, the stadium has already secured Super Bowl, uh, whatever that is. Uh, L, uh, is that 40? Help me with my Roman numerals here. L is uh, I think I think I think that is 44. Whoa, whoa. Or is it for v, no, it'd VI? Be 46. V is, v, VI is uh, six. six. Yeah. yeah, okay. So L is 40, I think. Uh, in 2022, the College Football National Championship game in 2023, and the opening ceremonies for the 2028 Olympic Games, which that's going to be interesting to see how they're going to do those. But anyway. Now, hold on. Hold on. Sorry. L is 50. 50. Okay. All right. Yeah. I thought L was 40. Okay. My mistake. Or no, at 40 is 40 is XL? XL would be 40. Yeah. XL is 40. Okay. Got you. Yep. That's what I was thinking. So anyway, uh, they're saying that uh, that it's an amazing place. It's beautiful. And they said it in response to uh, the 4K 120 yard long video board that surrounds the stadium. That's that's quite something. Uh, the open air stadium will have seating capacity for approximately 70,000. It will be expandable up to 100,000 when it's needed. It'll also feature a 260 luxury suite setup and 13,000 premium seats. What's a premium seat? I wonder. They're moving on with all of this stuff, regardless of all this pandemic stuff, which I think they should. The translucent roof is unique. Clear panels surround the stadium that are able to open and let fresh air in, which would be nice out there. Although in some cases, like right now, forest fires, I don't think that'd be a great idea. But anyway, they're going to open all this stuff back up. However, they're not going to do it like this, but they're not going to do it fully yet. But I think I think is, you know, you and I were talking offline, Bruce. I, I think they just need to open. Honestly, I think they do. But you have a hindrance of the agenda itself and people that are continuing this uh, this agenda, right? That it's it's going to be an atmosphere of fear. I want to say, because that, that's what's going to be peddled in order to keep people out of there. Yeah, that, that's basically what it's it's going to turn into more or less. I mean, I I say we should just open this up and let people, you know, do as they will, you know, whether they show up or not. And I don't know. At the same time, though, I, I say maybe they won't be able to fill a stadium. But at the same time, I think they might be able to because many of the sports fans are right leaning. So. Uh, uh, for some reason, the whole 
fear of COVID is split right down the partisan line. It, you know, yeah, if you're on the left, typically you're afraid of it and you're on the right, you're not afraid of it. So they're saying here that uh, the team will feature more than 1000 fans virtually in the stands. How are they going to do that? How, how does that work? How does a virtual fan work? Do you know? I don't know. OK, so are they meaning uh, virtual fans as in they're going to have little cardboard cutouts or are they going to animate it people says- for the TV audience? That's CGI. That's easy enough to do. Yeah. Uh, but it says yeah. here the team will feature a thousand fans virtually in the stands in the end zone and off, also offer augmented reality experiences to give Rams fans a 360 degree view of the new stadium. Uh, it's also working with its sponsors, uh, including Pepsi, to transition their campaigns from in stadium to digital. So are they just not going to open sports stadiums back? Which, I mean, again, why would you go to these things? Why, why would you go to these things? Even if there was no pandemic, like I said, I don't think they could still put people in those seats because of the uh, the politi- or the political agenda crap. Yes, you're going to have the diehards that always want to go there. But I think a majority of people that don't want politics in their sports, like myself, we don't want to see that. We're walking away completely from it. So some are some are still able to compartmentalize and like detach from the social the, like the when you're actually playing the game you can watch it and not being inundated with the, the social justice nonsense it's it's you know the in between the announcers and everything that would that would do it but to your, to to the thing about the virtual fans that might actually be because uh some of the things they're saying here with the augmented reality experience giving some of the fans a 360 degree view i'm wondering if they're they're setting up in the end zones in, in the stadium there yes like they cameras are. 360 yes. cameras and allow you to to look around that that kind of is what i'm honestly i'm i'm surprised if we don't go that direction anyway and just start doing stadiums that have no seating and it's just cameras and you pay to go there virtually and i, I don't you know geez that's going to be a huge power sink now too yeah well you know it's but we need 5g bruce we, we need 5g and starlink in order to do this so you're, you're gonna have to have a uh you're going to have to have a hell of a backbone in order to support that, right? Everybody's going to be jacked in and connected. Yeah. And, yeah? I mean, can you imagine yeah, if you have like the... a lot of data. It is. Can you imagine if you had like the uh, the contact lenses, you know, with the heads up display, right? Like mm-hmm. we talked about. Mm-hmm. And you're, yeah, you're just at a game, you know, you're, you're just walking down the street and you're at a game at the same time. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. So anyway, yes. Well, to help offset that, listen to this. The NFL has set penalties for not following crowd noise protocols. So the NFL issued crowd noise protocols to all NFL stadiums. So they're going to simulate the crowd noise since even even if fans like some stadiums, I think they're going to allow fans, right? Some stadiums are going to do that. Yes. Okay. So the ones that they're not able to offset, they'll or excuse me, the ones they're not able to fill, they'll offset that with the noise. Right. Is that is that kind of what I'm taking away here? Well, when you honestly, the the thing I first thought of is it was a penalty. I'm I'm my my first thought is what are you 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 telling attendees to keep their mouth shut so they don't make any noise. I mean, so you don't because that's one of the fears, right? Is if you're shouting right, that could right. spread COVID. So that was my takeaway: is they're wanting you to keep your mouth shut and so you don't spread the virus. No, that's not what it is. It says according to the regulations here it says the league provided crowd noise to be played at 70 decibels and failure to follow the rules will result in aggressive fines from the home office so 70 okay, decibels. okay that makes more sense now i, I uh-huh. see what it's saying it, yeah. it's meaning like the nfl as the organization is telling each of the stadiums you have to have this amount of crowd noise 
uh, at each game. Okay, that kind of right. makes more and sense. I thought it was. Seven, I thought it was for the people that were attending. Oh no, 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 no. They say that seventy decibels is equivalent to a passenger car at sixty-five miles an hour at twenty-five feet. Freeway at fifty feet from pavement edge. Uh, living room music, radio or TV audio or a vacuum cleaner. That's essentially the, the, what it is. But I've been to professional sports games before, uh, NFL games before. If that's 70 decibels, I'll eat my hat because that that's crazy. That, that's not even that's not 70 decibels. I can assure you that's may, maybe 170, but uh, not 70. It's deafening. It is absolutely deafening. But uh, they're going to play audio in all stadiums that do not admit fans. Which didn't we hear? Didn't we cover something about? I think it was on one of the uh, the tech ones we did. Didn't we cover something on the? Um, wasn't Payface? It was another thing where they're going to have like these turnstiles with the temperature checks oh, and the yeah. facial recognition. Yeah, all in one. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, it's going to be at a sports stadium. I think it's going to be at Los Angeles. It was. It was at the soccer stadium. I think it was. Yeah, I don't remember which one it was offhand. Now they. I thought it, it could have been a soccer, but I, I, I know that we're experimenting one. with it. Yeah, I think it was the soccer one because no one cares about soccer in America. So or football, you know, what's, <laughs> like that's, right. yeah, no one cares about it except for a few. So I, I think that's where they're looking to beta test. But I could see that coming to NFL and, and MLB in the future. You're not going to be able to go to these games unless you follow the protocols and all that crap, because all these corporations, if you have a, a league out there that comes out and says, uh, yeah, we're just going to open up and we're going to have fans. That league will actually do better, I think, because people don't want to go through all that crap. If they do something with the XFL, like if if uh, The Rock, if he does something because he just bought it for what was it like $15 million? If he does something with that league that avoids all this crap and doesn't do any of this social justice warrior nonsense, if it's just pure football, people would watch that. I think people would go to that and that it would become more popular, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. The this social justice stuff is just going to kill the sports when you when you have the upstarts like what you're saying. Um, no, I, I think those will take off if, if they can provide a good entertaining game. Those will take off. That's true. That's true. Now, let's let's get into something more interesting. Bruce, we might have some competition coming up. We, we might have some competition and it's very possible that we're probably going to get overtaken uh, in the future in, in the realm of podcasting. Uh, and, and the reason I say is because former President Bill Clinton, he's he's going to offer uh, his own podcast. Uh, it's going to launch next year. What do you what do you think about that? <laughs> uh, well, it's going to be great. I mean, at least he can't. Uh have any fun with cigars, I guess. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, no, that's uh, no, might not be true. Might not be true because the way that this is being built, it could just be that the podcast is scheduled to be released early next year and is the product of a partnership between the Clinton Foundation and iHeartMedia, right? iHeartRadio, which we're on that platform. The chief communications and marketing officer for the foundation said that the podcast is inspired by Clinton's belief that the purpose of his work in public service is to give people the opportunity to live their best life story. Uh Uh-huh. The show will be built on Bill Clinton. Okay. The show will be built on his gift for storytelling, his ability to explain complex issues in a relatable way and showcase his wide range of interest and well-known intellectual curiosity through conversations about the ideas and events that continue to shape his work and our world. Doesn't that sound like a great podcast? Doesn't that sound amazing? Is that so inspiring? You have Bill Clinton, who is, uh, to be fair, I agree with the first part of that. The show will be built on his gift for storytelling. He is a great storyteller. I'll give you that. He is a great storyteller. He is one of the biggest BSers, probably next to Barack Obama that we've had in that office in the last 30 years. I was going to say, he's a great liar. Yeah, you're Oh, he's a great BSer. (laughs) 
Now, as far as his ability to explain complex issues in a relatable way and showcase his wide range of interests, what kind of long-winded response is that? You know, I never actually took Bill Clinton for uh, a a serious talker. Like, I never did. I mean, we've watched interviews with him over the years, and we've watched, obviously, him in politics and things like that when he was president of the United States. And... I mean, he was a BSer. You know, it was one of those where people liked him because he was out there and he says, "Okay, I don't know anything about that, but I'm full of BS. And how do you like that? And you know what? People respected that. Right. People respected Mm -hmm. that. And you can say what you want about Bill Clinton. I don't like him. I didn't like his policies or anything like that. You can say what you want about him as far as that goes. I mean, Lord knows I agree with you. But as compared to the last guy that was in there, and I'm not talking about Trump, as, com- as compared to the last guy that was in there, Bill Clinton, at least to his credit, didn't wake up every day and actively work against the Constitution of the United States, with the exception of two things. One, the Brady Bill. OK, that was the first thing, the, the gun control nonsense. Second, yeah. the appointment to the Supreme Court of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. OK, that's been the worst. That has been the biggest detriment to the American Constitution in the last 30 years is Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. Other than that, I don't think he did any damage, real damage that couldn't be repaired. But uh, other than that, those two key things right there. I, I certainly didn't agree with. I didn't really agree with the way that he governed, per se. But uh, I mean, he didn't. Apart from those two issues, he he wasn't a detriment to the Constitution like uh, the last guy and the and the guy before Bush before him. I didn't think that Clinton was at that level. I, I have to agree. Um, I mean, he was impeached for a personal sin, if you will. Yeah, not not even a crime. Yeah. So I mean, well, compared to the the current impeachment, uh, the president was impeached on on false allegations and and nonsense. So, I mean, the last two impeachments that we had were silly. You know, you should you should be looking at the policies and the, and the things that they put forth, not whether or not you like the guy as a person. Right. I mean, if, for example, Trump, I don't like a lot of stuff he does as a person. Right. But at the same time, he's done some decent stuff for America. You know, he's he's put forth some stuff that aren't really constitutional oh. and he shouldn't oh, be looking I, at. But, I'm sorry. Know. NAFTA. NAFTA should have been, no, that never should have happened. OK, yeah, that was. Oh, yeah. NAFTA. Yeah. yeah. NAFTA. I got to throw yeah. that one in there, too. So, you know, more or less, uh, I, I can agree. But here here's my larger issue with the Clintons doing their own podcast. Under the current climate of things, how are they getting away as an old white guy? How is he getting away with uh, doing a podcast? How is he going to white splain things to us uh, in the in the current social environment? I don't know, Bruce. You're just going to have to listen, right? You're just going to have to listen, and you're going to have to figure out which we'll we'll listen anyway, just for the just to see what it's like. But it's yeah. going to be interesting to see. But he's not going to be alone. He's not going to be alone. Former Secretary of State and former First Lady and former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton also recently inked a deal to launch a podcast later this year. So, hey, you know, we're, we're getting a double whammy here, right? Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, I mean, they're both going to get their own podcast. Joining the Obamas, yeah, Michelle Obama, she's got her own podcast now. I mean, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I can't wait to hear them. Can't wait to hear them. What a, what a joke. All right, we're going to have to go. Uh, we are out of time this morning. So later on this afternoon, we're going to be trying something different. Marty came to me a few days ago and he said, we want to do something a little more off topic. We want to step back. We want to kind of, have a little fun with it. So we're going to do something today called Room 101, which is a spinoff of what they have on UK TV. So essentially what we're going to do, I'll explain it now. And we'll exp- I think Marty will explain it later on. We will each pick a topic that irritates us. And then we will go around the room and then we will have a judge 
and the judge will decide what goes through and what doesn't. Uh, and then that person who submits that topic will get a point, and then we will tally up the points at the end of the show, and you'll know who wins. So uh, be sure to check us out later on this afternoon for that. Thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners, and I hope everyone has a great morning.